friends. Welcome to the Skyline Church Podcast. I'm Jonathan Middlebrooks, one of the pastors here at Skyline Church. Skyline is a worshiping community, a disciple-making community, and a generational community. We're committed to seeing revival in our city sparked through the presence of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit. These sermons are specific to that purpose and in the context of our unique community. We hope that it might bless you in some way. Enjoy. your Bible, open to Isaiah 9, verse 2. I'm going to read, this has been our text for Advent this year. Isaiah 9, verse 2. The people walking in darkness has seen a great light. On those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire, for unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish accomplish this. Amen. Amen. That's good news. Jesus, the promised Messiah, is our light in the darkness. The scripture says that he shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And man, those titles really make sense to us, right? At least three of the four. We're like, Wonderful Counselor, yeah, that sounds right. Mighty God, yeah, Jesus healed the the sick and he cast out demons. Uh, Prince of Peace, yes, he brings me peace. But then you're like, Everlasting Father, what does it mean? That Jesus is our everlasting Father, that He will take this title. And this morning, I just want to spend a few minutes thinking about this idea of Jesus as everlasting Father. And and I want to be clear, right, that this isn't saying that Jesus is somehow the same as God the Father and the Godhead. It's not mixing those two up. I think it's like there's a way that Jesus is Father to us in coming to earth. And so you could almost say, like, a Father figure or a way to see. See the Father. He's Father-like in our treatment of us. I think this is really important. Jesus, in coming to earth, the way he lived, the way he taught, the way he loved is Father-like to us. Jesus demonstrates to us what a father should look like. So men, especially this morning, pay attention. This is what a father looks like. When you read about Jesus, this is what a good father looks like. But Jesus says this, right, in John 10. He says, I and the Father are one. He's like, there's no separation. So I, I, in some ways, he's like, I am the Father. I represent him because we're one. I know and understand that the Father is in me, and I am in the Father. And then in John 14, Philip, right, I love this. He says, Lord, show us the Father, and that will be enough for us. Which is funny, as if all the other stuff wasn't enough, right? He's like, no, 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 one last thing. Show us the Father. And Jesus answered, don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. 
How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you are not just my own. Rather, it's the Father living in me who's doing his work. So Jesus, in some essence, is the Father, but in another essence, he is Father-like to us. Hebrews said this, The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful Word. So Jesus is the Father in one sense because he's the exact representation of our Father in heaven. Isn't that a beautiful thought? When you think of our Father in heaven, your first thought should be of Jesus because Jesus is the exact representation of the Father in heaven. And this is really important because we know Christmas is so much about family. Many of us will leave this room here and we will go into our earthly families and we will confront the realities of what our families look like. Right? And I don't know about you guys, but I come from a, a normal family, right? <laughs> Anybody else come from a normal family where there's just, you know, there's just stuff and there's brokenness and there's sin and there's pain and there's joy and there's laughter and there's fighting and there's all that stuff, you know, like anybody else have a family like you can't play games together? <laughs> Because you're like, we just want to choke each other, right? So it's like this messy thing. In the midst of that, Jesus invites us to reorient our idea of fatherhood around him. He invites us to, to get a vision of the father, of a father, by looking at him. And I think this is important because so many human beings struggle to connect with God the father because our earthly father is someone that we've struggled with. And in this way, we can slowly but surely allow Jesus to heal the father wounds we have and begin to see Jesus is the perfect father figure. He's kind, strong, compassionate, wise, patient, long-suffering, suffering, joyful, playful, faithful. And, and it's interesting, there's been so much research done um, in recent past about how important the father is in a home. And the number one characteristic that, that matters for fathers, listen to this, is warmth. Warmth. The warmth of a father towards their family is, is the number one characteristic of his, if there's a healthy home, if there's a healthy family. That father is warm towards his wife and his children. They know his love. They feel his love. They understand. He creates an environment of safety. It's like the, in the environment of a hearth. The father represents the hearth in the home, the center of warmth. And sure, there comes discipline, there comes correction, and there comes protection, all that stuff, but warmth. Jesus was the warmest person who ever lived. Jesus invited people into his presence, and they just... You could relax around Jesus, because he required no performance of anybody. He said, come as you are and be with me, because I can be more than you can be yourself. I'm the Messiah. You're not. Stop trying to die on the cross for your sins. Let me do it for you. His warmth invites us into a different picture of fatherhood. Charles Spurgeon said this, There is no unfathering in Christ, and there is no unchilding us. He is everlastingly a father to those who trust him. I want you to hear this this morning. There is no unfathering Christ. There is no unchilding you. You can't be unchilded. He is your everlasting father in salvation. And we know that this is what happens is God's truth meets us in our need. Ernest Hemingway tells a story of a Spanish father who decides to reconcile with his son who had run away to Madrid. Now remorseful, the father takes out an ad in the paper. He says, Paco, meet me at Hotel Montana, noon Tuesday. All is forgiven, Papa. 
Paco is a common name in Spain. When the father goes to the square, he finds 800 young men named Paco waiting for their fathers. And that's what we have, is we have a world waiting to meet a father like Jesus. This morning, there's an invitation for you to be fathered by him into the father, God the father, that Jesus can become the lens by which you see God the father and come to understand him in a way that you couldn't otherwise. And if Jesus is a father, then what he's doing on earth is claiming for himself a family. What do fathers do? Fathers create families. And fathers steward legacies and relationships, and they create the environment for people to flourish. That's what good fathers do, and that's what Jesus is doing through the church. And so this morning, I just have three things I, I want to send you with, and it's these three statements. One is, you have a father, you have a home, and you have a family because of Jesus. Amen. So every single person on this, on this earth has an offer from Jesus to have a father, to have a family, and to have a home. Guys, I, I think maybe if, if we grew up differently, maybe that doesn't make that big a difference, but I'll just tell you, in my heart, even though I have a good family and I love my family, I need a family that goes uh, bigger and wider than just the nuclear family I was born into. I, I need a father. And I need a family. And I need a home. And so this morning, I just want you to know that we all left our homes. <laughs> we brought our families here to be part of a bigger family. A bigger home. A bigger body. Because so we're Christians. Amen? So, here's what we do every week. Is we take a family meal every week. We take communion. Which is a, it's a family meal. Um, where we enjoy and, and uh, partake of the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Which purchased for himself a family on the earth.